Al Capone was actually our first recorded episode. Uh, but there was a children's party going on in the background, and if you can't hang with a children's party, then I recommend you skip this episode. But we really enjoyed recording this, and we hope you enjoy listening. With love, Paz and Slavo. person we are discussing today, Al Capone, Scarface. Once described as a giant who kills with one hand and feeds with the other. Before we step through his life chronologically, Slavin, what are some assumptions you had about him beforehand? What does like the average person, you know, know about Al Capone? Al Capone, I would say maybe the first thing you think of is prohibition that's probably the gangster just in general and then prohibition like those are the two things that that i think like the average person would think i don't even know maybe not even the prohibition part maybe just gangster but yeah i agree like if you ask someone to name a gangster that's the first name someone will probably say that's a fair point i maybe like I don't know. I feel like now I can't even say it because my judgment is so clouded because the more that I think about it, the only name I can think of is Al Capone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was to be like, is he going to throw another name out? Because I don't know what, you know. I literally, I'm trying to think of another gangster <laughs> at this point and I can only think of people that I found in the <laughs> yeah, research yeah. that I recognize their names. But Whitey? Whitey, Whitey Bulger. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got all the movies being made about him. So yeah. maybe he's good mob gangster. Yeah. I feel like he's a poor man's Al Capone though. Like I don't think he was at that scale. I don't think he had that type of money. And yeah, Al Capone was insanely wealthy and and Whitey Bulger was kind of more of a blue collar gangster for sure. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he blue I mean he was he was holed up in like a, like a duplex in California for like twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know dude. I didn't I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, gangster. And like the, I feel like the Sopranos, like, Godfather, he was like the first or like the iconic that type of gangster. The Tommy Gun, I yeah. feel like, is ooh, something that you ooh, think, when you yeah. think Al Capone, you think Tommy Gun. Yeah. He kind of, it feels like yeah. that it's that like bootlegging yeah. um, movies like uh, Public Enemies. Yeah. Where they have, where it's like the guys with the Tommy guns shooting up the bank yeah. and selling the booze illegally. That's yeah. like the Al Capone yeah. kind of like personification. Dude, and yeah, from what, I, from what I read and you read, like that's pretty accurate. Where did it all start? Brooklyn. Birth. <laughs> yes. Which happened in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a very typical immigrant story, right? They, I think, came through Ellis Island into Brooklyn, didn't have like a coin to their name. Yeah, very much a uh, traditional Irish, or not, not Irish. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a white culture, that <laughs> A typical Italian first generation immigrant family. Yeah, is, oh yeah, is exactly. definitely uh, what, what Al's, Al's family would be yeah. considered. Who is big, always big. Which was surprising to me because I think Al Capone, and you even look at the picture of him, if you look him up, yeah. 
I would have guessed five, seven. Yeah, yeah. Five, eight. I think he was like, I thought I read like five, ten, five, eleven, which was like big back then. Yeah, he was he was a bigger guy. Yeah, they, they called him Big Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, Big Al. Good name. And then it quit school, and this is wild nowadays, but quit school at like twelve, and his brothers did that beforehand. You know, just to get a job, contribute to the family. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that the public schools in New York City for first-generation immigrants were spectacular at the time, back when he was that age. So he probably just jumped out and started doing whatever he could to yeah. help the family get by. Yeah, probably. Like, I don't think that's legal now, like a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... We are not tapping into that labor market <laughs> you like we did. You have like your, your third child. <laughs> You're like, all right. Well, actually, farming, I would say. They, they say that farmer families have like big families because it's like free labor. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> that <laughs> – well, it's true because like it's your kids. So they're just helping out. They're doing yeah. chores. But in yeah. effect, they're like helping out the family business. <laughs> So, like, I get that it. could be an op- option, but that's not what Al Capone did. He was <laughs> no, like, no. He w- it wasn't like he was working in the family business. He was, yeah. like, just went immediately and didn't go into it. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he had some legitimate jobs at first. I mean, I think it was, you're just doing any job you can find in a lot of that, like, in this, you know, crime-ridden area of New York was, like, a little bit of gangster work or, like, you're working for the people you know and, like, you're, you know... So it was definitely some shady work, but he also, he had some legitimate jobs, but then there was, you know, a lot of like petty thefts going on or not. It was like almost like the minor league of, of mafia crime. Like yeah, he, he was low level criminal yeah. activity, kind of stealing purses, and, <laughs> um, I don't know, holding people up in the, holding tourists up in the street. I don't know how many tourists there were in New York. It's kind of a rough time. Yeah, I feel like New York's always got tourists. And they're always the suckers. <laughs> you go after tourists. And then it, things really took off when he uh, he did some shoe shining. I think it's the equivalent today of a lemonade stand. It's, you, you go find the area with the most foot traffic, you know, just set up and just people walk by and you're just shining shoes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like the, um, it's like if you're ever on the streets of New York and they, um, and the people are spraying down windshields. Ooh, yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Spray down the windshield, maybe ask for some, uh, ask for some cash. Yeah. Except maybe a little less, uh, intrusive with the shoe shiner. Like, I imagine the album's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a good way to start a little business for a a teenager. Oh, yeah. And, and not only was he not crawling around, I think he got this major area, he owned it, and then other kids were seeing how profitable he was, and he started like charging them to, to do it in his area. It's kind of like... Just immediate gang activity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And yeah, territory, territory. <laughs> We can offer you protection. <laughs> and that was when he realized he would have a future in yeah, yeah. his business. Yeah. Because he immediately claimed a territory. Instead of turning rent. Yeah. No, and I, the book I read, I think it said, you know, he got that behavior because he noticed what, like, the 
the actual mafia members were doing in the port is they were like charging people tariffs to like come to this port and use it. Yeah, I think it's definitely his childhood is definitely an example of someone who um, is in New York City, doesn't have a lot of opportunity, and then sees successful people around him, and then kind of tries to emulate that. Yeah, and turn in has natural talent as a as a leader, and is, seems to be a pretty smart guy. Yeah, and then he sees the successful people around him, and they're all. Yeah. Gangsters. Yeah. Uh, they're all organized crime. So yeah. yeah. I think he quickly kind of started using those skills. Yeah. It, people always talk about his intellect. And in addition to that, again, his size. And so that that's where he began his... Well, he, he became a bouncer in New York. Mm-hmm. And of course, like, the club is owned by the mafias. And he's a great, like, fit for it because he was so big. For whatever reason, he impressed in that role as a bouncer. And I think that's when, like, legitimate gang activity he got involved in. Yeah. And and it wasn't like this was when he was 25. This was no. when he was, like, 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is... <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, yeah. He was, like, a 15-year-old <laughs> being a bouncer yeah. and a bartender. Jeez. Yeah. Impressed. Wild times. Impressed the, the, the mafia dogs. <laughs> Dude, he must have been one big kid. Yeah. Like 15. And they, I'm assuming his first job was like, go collect this money for me. Just go be a, like a big guy and intimidate someone. Like, I feel like that's just such a natural well, progression. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Being, being an intimidator, that, that was probably where he was most easily and naturally able to make his introduction into, into the, the higher level. Yeah. Organized crime. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was John Torrio who owned it at that time, but that was... Um, I think it was. I think it was his bar. Yeah, I think he made it John yeah. Tor- Johnny Torrio's bar. Yeah. Um, how does it feel to know that um, <laughs> the character of the story shares your name? <laughs> Dude, it feels good. It's always, it's always good to hear another Johnny out there who's over the age of 10. <laughs> Yeah, also a successful guy. They say that Johnny Torrio, he was worth like in today's dollars, like $150 million. Oh, or something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. Like no, he was they, a serious, serious yeah. Oh yeah. So I, a good yeah. guy to get kind of be the apprentice of. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. When we get later, I do have some figures, money figures. Um, and they're yeah, they're in that range. <laughs> they're fucking wow. massive. Get fact check. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This is like that that was Johnny Torrio's range. I think Al Capone jumped him a little bit. Also in this time, you know, still in New York, that's when he got his scar. Um, mm. Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the story behind that, I mean, there's a few stories. Yeah, but, there's conflicting stories. Huh? Yeah. This is the one I believe. I mean, it just makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, excited. I don't, I'm not yeah. sure which one you're going to say here. He was at a bar, obviously. Yes, as, as he would do. And some girl walked by, you know, slapped her ass or made some comment about her ass. Mm. Her brother just immediately reacted and scathed him. And that's how he got the, the scar. That's, that's the story, I believe, just because it makes sense. And I've heard it in two places. But Yeah, the, most of the 
the research that I did on this specific event all led to that he disrespected somebody who was kind of an important player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whether it be that Ooh. he said something at the bar or whether he did something to mm. the guy's sister. Mm. But um, the prevailing sentiment was kind of that he yeah. deserved punishment for what he did. Oh, yeah. So he was uh, not afraid of anyone. He, he was really... Yeah. He didn't care whose whose brother <laughs> he would have cost you at the bar. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't mind. Yeah, I suppose that's that's what it takes to get to the top of the the gang the gangland. So he got his scar, which is yeah. Which oh, okay, was, an interesting thing about the scar was he didn't he did not like the scar. He would always not try to have it pictured, which I thought was strange. I thought it would be a, it would be a like. He's a badge of it, yeah. Yeah, badge of honor yeah. for how tough he is. Yeah. But that's not the case. He was... Yeah, no, I could, it's supposedly hard to find him, like, with a picture of that side. He would put makeup on it. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's that's interesting. Yeah. It does kind of show, like, a, uh, like a chink in the armor of his persona, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it is... He also tried to fraternize, you know, with high society. Mm. And so maybe he wants to keep all that private. And it's like on the face he wants... Yeah. Yeah, emblematic of his yeah. dirtier, more gruff, gruffier side. Yeah. So, he, yeah, I can, I can see that yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then by the time he was 18, estimated already murdered half a dozen people. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> 18. That's nuts. <laughs> that's six six murders. Yeah. That's that's a lot of murders. That's he's like a serial killer at that point. And he's 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. Not not random, I'm sure. I'm sure. Someone disrespected the mob boss. Or disrespected. Yeah, you, you have to imagine at this point he's uh, he's killing people for Johnny Torrio. Yeah. And then yeah. And you don't know how much it is because, like, he was never convicted for any murder ever. Yeah, this is this is estimates. So it could yeah. be, it could be four, it could be 213, it could be probably, probably around the six range. Yeah, it's probably around the six. It's, yeah, it's crazy. He's never convicted. Yeah, and then, you know, he's, he still had time for his social life and he got... His girlfriend, pregnant, and she was Irish. Good for them. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Starting a family. Yeah. Always yeah. a good move. Yeah, yeah. I bet her mom didn't have that reaction <laughs> back then, before. I don't know. It's tough to tell, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> of all the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, his girlfriend, future wife, so they got married, you know, shot, shotgun wedding, not shotgun wedding, but, you know, I'm sure there's pressure there in that day and age. But they got married. Married with haste. What? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, with haste. Sure. <laughs> with haste. <laughs> and I do think, though, after this, he got a legitimate job. He went down to Baltimore, was a bookkeeper. Yes, but he a, straightened up. Yeah, yeah. He was a bookkeeper, and then what? Brought, what ended that? Yeah. So his dad died, and then as any 
Italian son, you got to go back and take care of the mom. Even though he, yeah, he was the middle child, but it always felt like he was, you know, the leader, the oldest. Yeah. Even at this age, and he's 19. Yeah, he was definitely, he was definitely a leader. Yeah. And then the family. Yeah. You go back to New York and, and, you know, you pick up your old job. Mm Mm-hmm. Get back in the, the gang business. Yeah, back in the gang business. Yeah. And then, do you know what led him to Chicago? He went with Johnny Torrio. Johnny Torrio. Yeah. So, he was in the Five Points gang in New York. And then, Johnny Torrio was kind of starting up his um, his outfit in Chicago. Yeah. Aptly named the, the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> the outfit. And, and that was has. what led Al, Al out there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he yeah. He was going to work for Johnny. Yeah. Still. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think the whole time he was under Torrio, yeah, and business led them to Chicago. Yeah, kind of being groomed, groomed by Torrio. So Torrio's business dealings took him out there. And I think they also were under a lot of heat in New York. Yeah. He kind of, he had built quite a reputation. And I think him and his brothers had been in like various fights. And yeah violent <laughs> encounters with other with other gangs so I think him going out to Chicago was kind of a way to yeah. to start a new yeah I also heard that somewhere where yeah he, it was a safe option they were worried of retaliation yeah they yeah the the Capone family had gotten in some disputes so they got <laughs> they got um, so I think him going to Chicago was was a way for him to to kind of get a fresh start and also avoid the scrutiny yeah. that he was under yeah. from other gangs in New York. Yeah, and it, it turned out to be a good business move. Yeah, he started to, <laughs> He started to take off and started to become the Al Capone we know of. He always was described as just having, being surrounded by Capone's men. Just anywhere he walked, he just had like five, three... Just beefy dudes on his side. <laughs> I imagine, yeah. I mean, he he was from the the from the moment, and when he moves out to Chicago again, he's what nineteen. Yeah, and yeah. this is yeah. It's such a it's such a fast track to the top that by the time he gets to Chicago and he's the second in command for the outfit, which is what they're. The Chicago outfit, which is what their their gang gang came to be known as, but they're immediately battling for territory out there. Yeah, they're they're getting in fights with other gangs. They're killing people. They're yeah. taking claiming territory. Yeah. He needs yeah. a, a oh, serious yeah. protective crew around him. Yeah, you also hear about his charisma. I think that's an aspect in having those loyal people by your side. Mm-hmm. Is you are like charismatic, good natured especially to people, you know, you're, like, close to or in your pack. Yeah. Yeah. The tribal mentality, for sure. Yeah. And another thing that stepped him to the next level was Johnny Torrio. He either went to jail, like, one time, another time. He, like, took a vacation to get away from some heat. But during those absences of Johnny Torrio, Al was... The guy. Stepping right in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he just expanded everything. You know, the, the bootlegging. I don't know where it aligned with 
the year of prohibition, but I do know Toriel left and came back and, you know, things like had expanded. Yeah. Things things were things were escalating whenever whenever Al was kind of was kind of in charge. Yeah. For sure. And then the the big one was so and this might not be exactly exactly accurate. People. Accuracy. <laughs> accuracy. We're gonna put accuracy at about seventy yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. Don't fact check. <laughs> yeah, these are these are things that <laughs> that we've heard through the grapevine. Yeah, yeah. General <laughs> research that may or may not. This is more of a vibe. <laughs> so I'm I'm interested. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we've heard the same thing. So what? On that note. Yes. I think. Torio, there was an assassination attempt on him, you know, no doubt. Yes. If for some reason, I think... People tried to kill Torio. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Al Capone, I think people, like, you know, most shot at man in America, someone said at yes, some point. Definitely. I think there was an assassination attempt, and I think he went to the hospital. He went to jail, <laughs> for whatever reason, but I think he... And this is, we're just starting movies here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, so there was an assassination attempt. On Torio, trying to kill Torio. Torio goes to jail. Torio goes to jail, but he wanted to go to jail. Like, he knew it was a good way for him to get away and escape, and he went to, like, a nice plush take jail. Heat, take the heat off. Take the heat off, yeah. That's yep. probably how they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was all staged, yes. I've heard similar that he yeah. <laughs> heard similar rumors. <laughs> Just now. <laughs> but, yeah, that he, it was kind of like a staged, um, he got, like, a gun charge or something like that. And it yeah. was to take the heat off. Yeah. yeah. And then it was a long period of time. Al Capone, I think, really stepped up. I think when Toro did get out of jail, he kind of retired or took some, like, you know, he's a board member now. He's not the CEO. Yeah. Because, you know, he wanted to just enjoy the fruit of his labor. I think Toro was murdered, wasn't he? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> that was a really I nice mean, like, send off right there, but. Wait, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, he went off into the sunset. Bang. I think he was murdered. Fact checker. No, I mean, I bet at some point. No, no, he wasn't. Yeah. Alright, All right, I was wrong. He did retire. You were right. I thought, yeah, he handed everything off. Yeah. He, and then um, he died at the age of 75. Which he, is pretty he, did, he did it right. And. Uh, Lived quietly until his death. So you're yeah. correct. There's yeah. just so many people get murdered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there, was, there was a good. <laughs> when when one of the characters <laughs> yeah, just yeah. lives quietly until his death. <laughs> yeah, that's it's honestly a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Just assume everybody got murdered. Oh, and then an interesting thing about his assassination, and I would say. You know, with the maybe the outfit, the mafia, the gang in that area in that time was the whole Omerta, and no one said anything. He oh, yeah. knew who shot at him, and he didn't say anything. Yeah, they don't. They they keep it all in the house, regardless of the gang that you're yeah. in. Why? Why do you think that is? This person just tried to kill you. Why do you have this? I think it's like a cascading. It's the domino effect. Mm-hmm. So you rat out one person. Yeah. And then they rat out another person, and then everybody starts ratting out each other. Yeah. And then next thing you know, the lid is off. Everything. Yeah. Everybody's kind of doing similar stuff. Like whether yeah. or not you're in the Chicago outfit, if you're yeah. in um, the North Side gang, if you're um, yeah, 
just a petty gangster on the streets, just mm -hmm. holding people up. The second you start ratting on this person and that person and calling this out and that out, yeah. and it all just kind of, the whole kind of system collapses in a yeah. way. Yeah. So I think I think that's probably why they, they maintain that kind of code of silence because they, they can yeah. handle everything in house and then yeah. they get to keep with their way of life and they yeah. can keep the police out. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's just wild because you know you're facing like potentially huge amounts of jail time. You hate this person, but you know, honor among thieves or something like you're saying. It's yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's crazy. And so he becomes the boss, and he's a he's a big publicity guy. Yeah. Always in the news. Yeah. And now that he's the boss, a lot of pressure on him. Again, this whole most shot at man in America. Battling all sorts of, he's absorbing gangs, he's he's fighting rivals. Yeah, you, you got the politics, like, obviously they're doing all this illegal stuff too. So you, you're like fighting the politicians, or the, maybe the police, perhaps. Yeah, the police just, and politicians, he's yeah. using intimidation and well, yeah. also putting on this businessman persona. Yeah, and yeah, just being ruthlessly attacked by other gangs. And during this time, he had a car that cost 250000 in that time's money, I believe. Which is like, I, I don't know the exact calculation, but it's something like, it's got to be like $2 million. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's seven digits. Everything was gunproof. They had the back window would come down vertically so you could slip out a Tommy gun through the back. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's awesome. And that was because, um, that was after an assassination attempt, where True. he was in his car, and it was the, the Northside gang, I believe, that, that came and just started shooting up his car. Somehow, it didn't even hit it, but bullets were going through the backseat. Damn. But he didn't, he was unscathed, and then he, in turn, buys the bulletproof car. Yeah. That was his, that was his response. Damn. Man, like there were, I didn't even hear that story. There are so many shot at stories <laughs> yeah. and his his housing was like that as well where he had the classic scooby-doo type like fake bookcases they had tunnels out in all their main operation places yeah he was quite the trickster he always he had yeah. all sorts of crazy uh nooks and crannies that he was yeah. hiding in the other classic anytime he'd eat a meal he'd have the chef taste it first like make sure you're not poisoned <laughs> yeah that yeah, that's like Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> like, you're always, you're always at fear of being poisoned, so you have to make the chef eat their own It worked. I mean, he never got murdered. That is true. That is true. I can't believe we got this far talking about Al Capone, and we haven't brought up his lust for women. <laughs> yes, he was very um, unfaithful <laughs> to his wife. But in the book that I read, he talked about the fact that he was unfaithful to his wife, but the relationship that they had was uh, very much kind of a, that their commitment was to be together and their commitment was to have this family and be in a long lasting relationship. And under that commitment, it was understood that from a sexual perspective, he was just going to gallivant and do whatever he wanted. Really? But at the end of the day, it, he loved his wife, and that was, and that was the most important thing. And if you asked him at the time, he would admit to the fact that he was sleeping with women, going to the um, 
the stories that they say where he was testing out the, <laughs> the prostitute that he would yes he would literally he would have um, like a, a prostitution house and he would personally go to it and and interview people <laughs> upon his work there. Oh my god! But, it, yeah. but he would still say that he was that he was faithful to his wife because that was that was kind of where their their relationship was. So I didn't know this. Do you think she knew? Like, I mean, hundred percent. It was open. She knew, or she just like I think you know. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they necessarily talked about it, but there's no way that she doesn't know. No, yeah, she definitely knows, and you and you think she was fine with it more or less. Yeah, I okay. think that they. Yeah. Well, at least that's what he he said. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> I don't know. As I said that, it's not worse. But, I mean, if he says so. But that was kind of the, the sentiment was that they were in a faithful relationship, but yeah. that it was just kind of uh, he had a uh, lifelong yeah. past, so to speak. Yeah. I, yeah. I would be curious to know Which was she okay with it? And I don't think um, it did come back. <laughs> it came back to him in a big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, he did, in uh, fairness to him, because in, in my, like, guesstimate, and I don't know, I feel like no matter what, he was going to do the whoring, going to do the mistresses, and I think his wife was just faithful and probably didn't really approve. But maybe, because I don't think she was doing stuff on the side, you know? Yeah, probably not. And, yeah, I mean... But the, you have to think about the time, where it's the 1920s yeah. in Chicago, and your husband is Al Capone. Yeah. yeah. He's just going to do what he wants. And, yeah. And I guess if he rationalizes it after the fact, he's faithful. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he won't put you out on the street. Yeah. Um, and he called her and his mom every day. So he did, if there was that dichotomy where like, you know, with the mistress last night, wakes up, hey honey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, a lot of dichotomy with him. He would, he, he's uh, on the yeah. extremes of uh, yeah. being being good in one way and then being treacherous in the other. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very controversial. And just did whatever he wanted. There was one story, they kidnapped a musician, Fats Waller. Great name. <laughs> Just a side note. A lot of great names. <laughs> in the in the twenties. Fats, Fats Waller. Such a good name. And I think it, they for a birthday party for Al Capone, they kidnapped him for multiple days, three days, and they just partied and he was just, you know, he had to play the whole time. Afterwards, they, you know, returned him or whatever. Let him loose. Gave him his money. But that's just like, just did whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> he was so much of a celebrity that, I mean, anywhere he goes, people recognize him. He, if he was at a game, a baseball game, they would announce it. And, like, he'd wave to the crowd. Yeah, they would announce him. And, he, yeah, he was... And he get cheered, and uh, he was definitely a little celebrity. Yeah, which Very is lovely. unreal nowadays to think, you know, this is basically public criminal. Like, 
people see him like they they all know it at that point. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the comparison would be in today's times. I don't know. I guess it would just be a celebrity or a sports person, but it doesn't have the kind of the like you, yeah. the fact that they're a criminal or a murderer. Yeah. To it. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of that wasn't out in the open to begin with. Or, you know, public opinion swayed eventually. Mm. Where they, they weren't as gung-ho about this, you know, type of Robin Hood type figure. Yeah. And part of it was his charisma. But also, the outfit had a lot of money. Yes. And they were very generous with it. Yeah, they were definitely the wealthiest gang in, in Chicago. Yeah. All right, and here are these figures I alluded to. So it was estimated, and this was a conservative estimate, that the outfit in a year brought in around $100 million, which in today's money is $1.4 billion. Wow. A lot of money. To put this into, like, you know, more specific terms, and this came up in his later tax trials, Al Capone spent $15,000 a week on, in today's money, on groceries. How? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was wondering. Because first of all, booze is illegal, so that's not on the grocery bill. I, he has to be feeding so many yeah. people, presumably, right? I would assume so. It's like banquets, parties, and he would pay for everything. If the school was putting on a concert, or, you know, you're Christmas concert. Yeah. He would pay for that. And he would make foot, it. foot the bill for everything. Yeah. And Which is kind of how he got his, his Robin Hood yeah. description. It was because he would, yeah, he, he was not afraid to, uh, to throw his <laughs> money around. Yeah. Yeah. And during the depression they had, I think he set up one of the first food lines or soup kitchens or whatever. So yeah, I think that played a role in you know the f- favorable publicity yeah for sure is. at least for at least for some time yeah yeah for some time oh the other thing he always handed out one thousand dollar bills which i didn't even know they existed they might have had a time yeah thousand dollar bill though because you would think with inflation like it'd be more it'd be more likely for one thousand dollar bills to exist today than yeah previously i think now it's just everything's like electronic Credit cards. Supposedly in the past, the Federal Reserve issued $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, and even $100,000 bills. Yeah. It, but they stopped? Like, what? Well, With inflation? Yeah. You think, you think they'd be more necessary, but... In, uh, in 1946, they stopped. Yeah. So, they, they brought it down to the $100 bill. Weird. That was like before... So, I mean, Tom's. probably for safety reasons... Mm. If you have a $5,000 bill, <laughs> you get robbed. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of money to... Yeah, I, I feel like it is. Something to do with underground money. Superior. Yeah. Yeah, I, he would just hand those out to kids. I, I feel like right now we're, we're painting a very rosy picture of Al Capone. A little bit. Yeah, it's almost like we're talking about him very fondly. Yeah, because, I mean, there's also the side of they're corrupting elections they're forcing people to vote they murder people sometimes innocent people like when you're just fucking spraying a tommy gun 
you're going to catch a, yeah. a citizen every now and again. There was a lot of, um, in the places that they kind of populated, they would, sometimes the people that they were doing battle with was just homeowners who were, yeah. were banding together to try to make it sort of gang activity if they didn't want a um, gambling to be going on in the streets and, and they yeah. didn't want these kind of criminal activities to be taking up in their neighborhood and they would yeah. kind of fight back and use whatever avenues they could, they would get the the full-on Al Capone yeah. response. Yeah. Which is, so he was not, they would go into these communities and they would, and they would bring all of their criminal activity, all yeah. of their yeah. uh, election fraud, all sorts of racketeering activities. And then um, a lot of times they, the people that they were fighting with were just homeowners, people who would live there. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was definitely, he and his organization were not, um, were not probably beneficial for the, for the, yeah. the, the greater good of the yeah. community when they yeah. moved in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. It was a lot of gang on gang crime, but there is this, you know, like you said, homeowners or people who own a restaurant, you have to let them do business there. If not, they light a bomb or they intimidate you. Intimidation, or, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Bombs and, and all sorts of uh, yeah. scary things that, that were used to intimidate people. Yeah. To, yeah. Just normal working class people. Yeah. To get graphic, I think there was like, like one fear tactic was to like skin off people's face. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, so we're not painting too rosy for picture. <laughs> and one of the things that you hear did sway public opinion was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yes, which is probably the most famous event. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very of, famous. If In all the research, like, it all comes down to yeah. Wikipedia, a whole <laughs> subsection called the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. And, yeah. To most people, that name probably sounds familiar. I, I definitely, I didn't know what it was, but beforehand, I knew the name sounded familiar. I think it was one of those things where I was like, I knew what it was, but I still needed to read it. Yeah. Like I probably had heard about it before, but uh, I but when I read it, uh, I definitely yeah gained yeah. knowledge. Yeah, it was they were attacking the Irish gang. Yep, the Northside gang. Northside gang. Bugs Moran was their leader, and I think the target um, for that massacre they did not kill him. Yeah, they didn't get they didn't get bugs. Yeah. And they, they went in the outfit, the Italian mafia, uh, with some of them dressed in police attire. Yeah. And so the the North Side gang members just immediately put their weapons down, thought it was some raid or something. Yep. And then they just got lit up. Execution style. Killed. Yeah. 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 Which was uh, not received well <laughs> in the community. Uh for sure, <laughs> yeah. Not, not a very uh, even in the criminal underworld, <laughs> it was not viewed with any satisfaction. Yeah, it made big splash in the media. I think there was a lot of graphic pictures released. Yeah, it, it basically went down as poorly as possible. I think like the FBI started getting involved. Yeah, and um, it went all the way up the food chain. Yeah, so it was it was pretty horrible. Yeah, a little yeah. surprising because it was. The gang on gang, which I felt like the public had an okay appetite for gang on gang, you know, 
it wasn't I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't you know an innocent person getting killed that was really the switch yeah but I feel like when, whenever you're gang on gang activity it just makes the whole area more dangerous oh absolutely um, crossfire and yeah people getting caught in the middle yeah um, oh yeah and there yeah stuff like that did happen I know I know you you really went down a rabbit hole with the gangs you really <laughs> got into the gangs yeah I was very interested in in all in all the gang activity, I think the first thing that that made me very interested was you're just kind of clicking around and you and you see oh there's this gang and then you're <laughs> reading about the um, the five families in New York and their kind of relation to uh, to the outfit and the Five Points Gang which is what they were when they were in New York and then you hear about these kind of gang fights. So it just kind of made me want to be in a gang. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to play a hypothetical game. <laughs> it's our first, our first, our first break <laughs> from the story. I researched, I found gangs <laughs> in, in Chicago of the time. Yeah. And I'm going to go through, I'm going to give you descriptions. Ooh, okay. I have one, two, three, four, Five, six, Jeez. seven. Wow, gangs. Yeah, and you're gonna tell me which one that you think you would be in if you were there, <laughs> if you would want to be in any of them, and then um, maybe we can both discuss kind of which one, which one seemed to be the best fit. Yeah, yeah. For the time. No, I'm the. You're a town, so there's, <laughs> and I'm Irish, so there's clear gangs for both of us in this story. But maybe that's yeah, where we end yeah, up. Yeah. I, I will say, uh, I mean. You're probably the same way. We're all mutts, but mm. I am like equal amounts Italian Irish. I just really yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, I'm like Irish a little bit, and then I've got some German. I've yeah. got some Scandinavian. Yeah, English, but mainly the Irish. English. We're mutts. We're all we're all Pangean. What's that called? Pangea. Yeah, we're all Pangeans. <laughs> Pangeans. <laughs> all right, to yeah, enlighten okay. me. So. Here are the games. We'll do a run through of each one, just kind of knock them out. I have yeah, extensive yeah. notes, and then um, and then we'll see see what we think. So the first one, the Chicago outfit, mm -hmm. that is Al Capone's gang. It's the largest in Chicago. Yeah. So this is like they're like the New York Yankees. <laughs> a lot of the other gangs in here that we talk about, they're absorbed. By Al Capone's gang, because okay. they just kind of take over their territory. They start rubbing elbows, yeah. and then instead of fighting them, if you can't beat them, yeah. And that was the Chicago outfit. They kind of absorbed the other teams as yeah. they went on. So um, they did all sorts of racketeering. They were connected with the five families in New York City. So mm. like the Italian mafia, as it extends from Sicily out in Italy. Mm over to New York City to the Gambino crime family and all yeah. these big crime families out to Chicago. This is, they're right on the bloodline. So this is like the, the big, the big cojone, yeah. if you will. Yeah, I was always interested in that, that there was this distinction between where you came from Italy. Mm. Like, yeah, I think from, if you want to be a main man in the mafia, you have to be from Sicily. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, Sicily, yeah, that, that sounds, 
That's right. <laughs> I, I, I can. Would have been there. <laughs> I'm bad. You might not need to be from Sicily, but you need to be Italian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the, I, yeah, it all comes from Sicily. Yeah, and I will say, uh, oh, Al Capone always said he was like, "I'm not Italian. I'm American," because he was born. Yeah, he was born in Brooklyn. Yep, for sure. So that's the Chicago outfit. They're they're the big one. They they end up winning. They still <laughs> exist. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the uh, Chicago outfit is like, I. There are people are they getting arrested? Like there is an acting head of the Chicago outfit right now. All right, don't say anything bad about that. <laughs> All good things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the context of the fact that they're still ongoing. Yeah. Okay. All good things. Uh, okay. Damn. So yeah, they they still exist. Um, Wild. Which is pretty crazy. Their main rival was the North Side Gang. Who was an Irish gang that was that was on on the north side of Chicago, downtown mm-hmm. Chicago North. They were bootleggers along with a lot of money. The Chicago a lot of money in it. Bugs Moran, which you mentioned er- earlier. Yeah, dude, good names. Good names. There's a couple more names. <laughs> the founder, <laughs> the founder of the Northside Gang, Dean O'Banion. Ooh, I like that. That's a good name. And. Once he was murdered, <laughs> it's a prevailing, it's a prevailing sentiment in the Northside Gang is that these people are murdered. Dino Banyan killed, replaced by Heine Weiss. Ooh, nice Weiss, which I'm drinking right now from Maine. <laughs> yeah, Heine, Heine Weiss was his name. Murdered. He he grew, he grew the gang quite a bit, but murdered. <laughs> and then Bugs Moran. Victim of the, not killed, but victim of the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was, they were the, they had a lot of back and forth. They were the ones who, uh, they killed Al's personal bodyguard. They went head to head with the Chicago outfit, the most out of any of these teams. Oh, yeah. And uh, they fell off after the the Valentine's Day massacre. Mm. It was kind of the beginning of the end for them. Interesting. So that, yeah. Okay. It they they did not extend extend too too far into the, into modern times. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, they some of their best gangsters were killed on that. Yeah. So they yeah they kind of faded into oblivion. But wow, so that's that's a a pretty interesting family. So the Chicago outfit was not the only uh, Italian gang. Yeah, there was also the Jenna crime family. G E N N A. Okay. Which was made up. They're also Italian. They were right downtown. So the outfit was kind of south side of Chicago. And Chicago yeah. was pretty sprawling. Mm-hmm. The Jenner crime family was in Little Italy, right in downtown okay. Chicago in the Loop. And it was six brothers. Mm. Bloody Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> Mike the Devil. <laughs> Antonio... The gentleman. Wow. Vincenzo, aka Jim. <laughs> Peter and Sam. Dude, fuck those last guys. They don't get any cool names. So three of these guys are murdered in the pro so they 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 also they're rivals with the outfit and also the Northside gang. More so than the Northside gang. Oh, kind of three of them are murdered by the Northside gang. Okay. And then three of them fled. 
Guess which three fled? Was it, do you think it was Bloody Angelo, Antonio the Gentleman, Mike the Devil, or was it Jim, <laughs> Peter, and Sam? You know, I'm going to be logical here and not go with irony. I think Peter, Jim, and Sam fled. <laughs> they did. <laughs> the other ones were murdered by the North Star Gang. So then when, so that was, it was the six of them. They were like kind of the founders of the family. And then once they were all either murdered or fled, mm. um, the Alio brothers, or Alio brothers took over, but they were also murdered, mm. this time by Capone. So this this family was kind of wiped out. Yeah. So maybe not the best family to be in. But if you're interested in like the whole being downtown, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you want the little Italy like six style. brothers. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Also an interesting note. Did, did they get merged, or do you know the did the outfit merge in these brothers? I think this one just ended. Yeah, and the outfit yeah. just kind of took over. It, like yeah. maybe whoever's left. So Tony the Gentleman, I was looking at photo. Uh, I was looking at photos of these. Right, <laughs> research and Tony the Gentleman, and given that we're doing spoken word, this is like not a very uh, <laughs> podcast friendly thing to say. But if you look at his Wikipedia page, spot on Johnny Depp. Really? In terms of... Wow. I'm showing you a picture of him now. Is this, do you think he looks like Johnny Depp? Maybe. I implore you to look him up on Wikipedia. And he looks like Johnny Depp. I mean, this guy. There's a reason they call him the gentleman. I will, yeah, I will say Johnny Depp has a lot of different looks. Do you think he's handsome? Yes, I think he's quite handsome. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah, he was kind of striking when I saw him, which, yeah. is, why, which is why I felt like I could print a photo yeah, of him yeah. and bring it here. <laughs> Should I put a photo of No, I felt like you have that name, the gentleman in that era, you're a lady man, a oh, ladies yeah. man Smooth in that era. Finely dressed. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to be in the gender crime family, that I can yeah I can that, get things going off on the table. He was murdered. Yeah, know, so keep that in mind. And I will say, um, like a nineteen twenties ten is a today like three. <laughs> I feel like he was. I feel like he has this old fashioned type of handsome that just maybe didn't quite age. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would definitely be creepy looking. <laughs> he, he was around that, but. And I showed a couple people photos of him and was like, do you think this guy looks like Johnny Depp? Nobody does. You still <laughs> But I'm convinced. All right. Yeah, yeah, you didn't really see it either, so whatever. Um, all right, moving on to some of the smaller gangs. These are, those are the three biggest. Now we have some of the smaller ones. The Saltus McCurleen gang, which is uh, Frank McCurleen. Joseph Saltis, that's kind of how they came up with the name. They're the Polish-American gang. Mm. And uh, they fought against the O'Donnells. So kind of a smaller, um, if you're interested in something like that, a nice little two-name, almost like a law firm. Mm -hmm. They started a, a gang. and then But they were they were eventually absorbed into, into the outfit. Really? It, wait, what, what gang was this that was absorbed? The Saltus McCurley. Oh, yeah. the Polish. Okay. Yeah, so and they're, they, and they're they Polish. fraternized, yeah. So they um, they fought against the O'Donnells, mm -hmm. which is the next gang. Don't have much information on the O'Donnells. Just wanted to note, there's the South Side O'Donnells and the West Side O'Donnells. <laughs> Always about signs. No relation. <laughs> they were actually oh. rivals. Yeah. 
there was. So there was two O'Donnell gangs in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, they were each other. Yeah, wild. <laughs> they both. Yeah, wild. Um, there was another Capone family that lived near Chicago, no relation to Al Capone, but they were very close and. I think they kept the books for Al. He would drive out there, wherever it was. And no relation. They just kind of know each other because of the name. I don't know how they got to know each other, but that is a good conversational starter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is interesting. And then, so, and again, back, like, the money thing with Al Capone, that, this other Capone family, for the rest of their lives, like, never had to worry about money. And just, like, that gives you an idea of just how much money this, you know, just these people who kind of worked for the outfit, you know, helped do the bookkeeping, kind of family, but not really. But there was enough money that they were all set for life. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, you get the scraps from Al and the scraps of the scraps. And yeah. it still turns your set. You, yeah. You've made a killing for, for your yeah. family. For life. Which is why it's attractive for the, a lot of the people around yeah. this time. So, any, any more gangs? So the last one, this one's very interesting. Um, I, this was the one that I kept, the more I read, the more interesting it became. Reagan's Colts. R-A-G-E-N. Mm-hmm. C-O-L-T-S, like the football team. Reagan's Colts. Oh, okay, okay, not, yeah. An Irish gang, they were eventually absorbed in the outfit, but in, in, in like, a lot of these were. Really? The, they started out as an athletic club. So they started out as um, as as an athletic club, and they started getting into election fraud. And <laughs> as, as athletic clubs do, <laughs> they started getting into uh, election fraud, and then they just kind of grew their uh, their racketeering from there. Yeah. And so they got to the point that. Some of them were more interested in the racketeering, and some of them were more interested in the athletics. So in 1920, some of the members from Reagan's Colts split from the gang mm-hmm. and started a football team. And the football team was called the Chicago Maroons. What type of football? American football? American football. So the Chicago Maroons had already been started, and then they, um, and then they ended, and they became some other team. Yeah. So then they restarted the Chicago Maroons in 1920. Yeah. The Chicago Maroons then became the Chicago Cardinals. In 1958, the Chicago Cardinals became the St. Louis Cardinals. No way. And then in 1988, they moved to Phoenix. It became the Phoenix Cardinals. And then, like six or seven years later, they changed their name to the Arizona Cardinals. Wild. <laughs> So damn. So there was there was another. I mean, this is there was another St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. Yeah, they, but they're football. Yeah, from nineteen fifty eight yeah. to eighty eight. They were a football team named the St. Louis Cardinals. Wild. Um, so that is a pretty cool game that they that they started. Yeah. So uh, those guys who started the football, they were still part of the gang. Do you think? And they were still. I don't think so. I think they broke off. Uh, I think they said we're kind of more into the football. Yeah. <laughs> and let's, yeah. Wild. Um, so that I mean, that's a pretty attractive, yeah. attractive gang, would you say? Yeah. It kind of seemed to yeah, yeah, line. yeah, yeah. Small <laughs> <laughs> with Reagan's cult. 
That's crazy. That's the Arizona Cup. A year before this, I don't know if this is related, but the research led to the fact that the Reagan's Colts were, um, for whatever reason, they liked instigating violence between Caucasian and African American folks in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like where like the cool gang goes not cool. Yeah, yeah. it's about that. Anyway, so um, the story goes that in 1919, just so happens to be a year before, some of them decided that they didn't want to be involved with them anymore. They wanted to be more involved in the sports. Uh, they some they they basically did a false flag attack on uh, to got to cause a gang or uh, a race war in Chicago. Oh my god! So some of them, and this is uh, they're they're Caucasian gentlemen, and they put on uh, blackface. Jeez! And went into like a Polish neighborhood, and while wearing blackface. Um, vandalized and attacked oh my God. some of the, the, the Polish immigrant neighborhood, stirred up craziness. Yeah. And then the gang then immediately after then like led the charge into the black community and as retaliation and then started the oh race God. riots of 1919. Really? Caused by the Reagan's cults. Dude, that gang started the Arizona Cardinals and started race riots. There are probably there could be people that were <laughs> that were yeah, in yeah, both, yeah, yeah. that they were that they were in the false flag race riot instigation. Yeah. And then in turn started this football team that has now become the Arizona yeah. Cardinals. That's that's fucked up. That's, that's so, very terrible. They kind of just fall by themselves. Yeah, yeah. I was... <laughs> All right. <laughs> and not those uh, guys. They were such an interesting read. <laughs> oh, until, my God. Yeah. Um, it turned out that they were terrorized at the African-American community. Yeah, I mean, and they, very they, interesting read. This started out as an athletic club. Yes. <laughs> They created a future NFL team and started race riots. Yeah, and they they didn't like the K the KKK. They didn't like them. They didn't like the KKK. Oh, dude, but these I guys, didn't get these, these guys are just fuckers. Like the they're, they are absolute <laughs> fuckers. Yeah, yeah, they were a rough and tumble bunch. So personally, I I think the the most amenable to me is probably the Northside Gang. Just go with the Irish crew. Mm-hmm. Love the names. Yeah, Dino Bane. <laughs> Jaime Weiss, Bugs Moran. You, you want a good name. Yeah. And I think another thing that potentially draws you to that is you don't want to be – you want to be an underdog. I don't think you want yeah, to you be the be, Yankees. You don't want to be on the Yankees, for sure. I agree with that. Um, so the things that appeal to me about the outfit and then these other – some of these other gangs is I um, – and you even called them such. I don't know if they all are, but the family aspect, like they're called oh, families. Yeah. yeah. So I think part of me is drawn to that, the family aspect of these, um, the, you know, these yeah, Italian yeah. ones. So that, then I think, I do think that's a big enough draw. Then it's which one do I want to be with the outfit and be with, you know, the Yankees, the Disney, 
uh, Disney. <laughs> that might be the first time comparisons. <laughs> I'm just thinking <laughs> because they just they oh, merged boy. they merged all those gangs. That reminds me yeah, of the Disney Eno, business Eno. Burn, mergers. Just like taking ESPN. Just give me what you got. Yeah, exactly. And then they, they created a fourteen dollar ninety nine cent a month package. <laughs> yeah. Let me talk about that. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with one of those small town <laughs> or, you know, small level Italian uh, mafia groups so that I get the family aspect and then I get merged in and I'm just some middle manager. I don't have too much heat, but I have some perks. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's where I want to be. Well, that's good. Well, of the choices, yeah, it sounds like the Jenna family is most, but they do not get merged. They all get <laughs> I'm sure there's some people who translated over, but yeah. according to my notes, they were killed. Damn it. <laughs> I chose wrong. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. And then it, what's crazy is we read about all these people dying from murder, and what did in Al Capone was taxes. Yes, taxes. He, um, well, because they couldn't, they couldn't get him for a lot of the, the the organized crime activity that you would expect. So yeah. they they really just wanted to get them for whatever they could. Yeah. Which um, it kind of grinded my gear. So one, like he was arrested several times and then I, I don't know how it works, but didn't go to jail because they didn't have evidence. And then there was one time before the big tax, um, jail time for tax evasion he was arrested this one was definitely planned where they got him for gun charges you know the police officer who got him was on the payroll yeah he went to some like chill prison where he owns it like he basically just runs the whole thing yeah um and he and then you know you start getting all these like tax implications or investigations he probably thought the same thing is going to happen and i there was they made a plea for two and a half years, like the prosecution, the defense, mm-hmm. and then the judge. And I think in a pretty unprecedented move, doesn't accept the plea or says, "We aren't doing this plea. This is going to trial." Yeah, I guess when you make a plea deal, the judge can just overrule it and say, yeah. "I'm actually going to do whatever I want." And yeah. that all and that kind of precedent came from Al Capone. Yeah, yeah. So up until then, it was kind of an accepted thing, a big plea deal, and then... Yeah, I think this is a big case for people to study. I think law schools look back at this. And I, I, on that note, I think Harvard Business School does like a business review of the outfit. Or like... Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So this plea was for, you know, two, two and a half years... You know, probably not like a federal prison, but then, and, ah, yeah, yeah, I can't get over though. It grinds my gears a little bit that they can only get him for tax. Like allegedly, he does all these like awful things, and you have to get him for tax on money from these things, and like you can't even you just prove he has a lot of money. Like you don't even have like how can you not get get him for like some real crime? I think it's because once you get to that level crime it's like a two degrees of separation kind of thing like he's not killing people at that point he's telling his consigliere to tell 
to get something done, and then the consigliere tells, and he yeah. authorizes things, and yeah. then the consigliere tells an associate to go and do it, yeah. and then the associate gets arrested. The associate doesn't talk, yeah. and then there's like there's multiple levels that Fair. It, for it to get back to him. At that Fair. Point. So it's it's probably yeah. just so hard to get. That's to, a good like, point. Witnesses to say anything. Yeah, and even if, yeah. Factor, yeah, that's a good point about the whole. Even if the associate gets caught, there could still be people who talk. You know, the associate didn't get that directly from Al Capone. Yeah, it's still hearsay. Yeah. So I think it's just it's tough to connect him to anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just, it grinds my gears a little bit. So then, you know, doesn't accept the two point five plea. It goes to, um, and, and this judge wanted Al Capone, but it goes to the trial, and they had this jury that was selected. Which, first of all. You don't want to be on that jury. Like, they're, they're trying to bribe him. I feel like you could be murdered. At risk, for sure. And, like, I think people on jury duty, like, said that. Like, I want no part of this. And what the judge did was, just before the trial started, there was a jury for, like, another trial. They swapped the juries because he knew their, like, bribing had been going on. And so they swapped the jury. So you have, you thought you were doing some like some like buggy ran into like a pole or something, and then all of a sudden you're on the Al Capone trial. And the crazy thing is, imagine getting bribed before the Al Capone trial. Oh my! And then you're <laughs> you're on the tape, so like the pressure's on. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're on like. A traffic yeah, yeah, trial, yeah. and you already got paid all this money. I, I don't know if they were asking for a return. Yeah, yeah, what's the? Yeah, I mean, it's they like, made out like bandits. Yeah, yeah, they made out like a bandit. Yeah. And another story, I think this is again, you know, spreading rumors here, but I think during this time, they put Al Capone in some remote place in like South America or something. Like they flew him somewhere. Just so he couldn't have influence, couldn't have any like connections. And I think this was the time, like during these tax trials. Um, That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, he like, was he was on the list of America's most wanted. Yeah, I, I th- yeah I think he was the number one at some point. And then the other thing is like, and he always bragged about it. Half of the police force, or you know, is on his payroll. Yeah, yeah. So, he was he was just connected at times as as yeah. they was trying to take him down. Yeah, and then they proved. That you know he didn't pay taxes, even though this is the. Oh, I just wish they got him for like you know all the terrible things he was involved in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know they basically proved he had a ton of money and didn't pay taxes, and he even, he even offered. He was like, "I'll just pay taxes, right? Like, find me whatever. I'll pay him now." Mm-hmm. But obviously, it was never about the taxes. Mm. And they just show you know he has his house in Miami. He's has a $15,000 grocery bill. It's not hard to show. Yeah. He's got like silk underwear. Yeah, he's got the income. Yeah. And so then, uh, yeah, he gets sentenced to 11 and a half years, goes to federal prison. I, you know, in... Not the cushy prison. No, no. And was in Atlanta. And then eventually they created Alcatraz and they sent like some of the high profile prisoners in the nation there. Mm. And he went there. Um... And definitely rough. He was stabbed, I think, in the back by an inmate, like an attempted murder. Yeah, he did not have a good time. No. I think in the in the Atlanta prison, he was kind of able to use 
the invisible hand, if you will, and kind of manipulate people and make it so his life wasn't, yeah. Yeah. wasn't too bad. And then in Alcatraz, it was, yeah. it was the opposite. Yeah. And I know at one point, I think he tried to bribe people and he got eight days in the hole, which is fucking miserable. Yeah, it's eight. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then the big thing and what you know that ended up killing him and just made him go crazy with the syphilis syphilis yeah, yeah syphilis syphilis ended up taking him down yeah and then we'll, we're gonna do another slave and deep dive because he's our resident syphilis expert yes he, he is our guy who we go to about syphilis so he knows syphilis so we talked about doing a segment on syphilis, and I got very excited. I was like, this would be great. First podcast, syphilis deep dive. Let's learn about syphilis together as, as, a, <laughs> as, as, as hosts. Yeah. Horrible idea. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Because researching syphilis is like, you never know, it's like a landmine after a landmine yeah. of information that you didn't want to have. I had just eaten lunch. Uh, dude, you don't want to see the images. That's, uh. <laughs> On the Wikipedia page for syphilis, there is a, there is a picture of a, of a syphilis-infected penis. Describe it. Tell me about it. It is like, it's just a penis, and then on like the tip, there's just like a completely discolored part. And it just, I like, honestly, it was, it was horrible. So, okay, so when you get it's Because it's, nowadays, I don't think it's a big deal. No, I, I think you like, you kind of know if you have syphilis mm-hmm. and then it takes like time. Yeah. So the way that it works is that it starts out as a sore on the infected area and like it's not a painful sore. So like if you had syphilis, you would on like, on your penis, you would probably, mm. you would notice it. And then you'd go to a doctor and you'd get it treated. Yeah. But for whatever reason, people back then just didn't yeah. get it treated or they didn't know how to treat it. I think they, they used like mercury to treat it before. The the yeah. treatment now is like penicillin. Yeah. Yeah, fair. That wasn't but around Before then. that was discovered, they would use like mercury. So somebody that I'm going to talk about shortly, they, they had like mercury poisoning basically. Because they use mercury to try to yeah. to try to treat it. So it starts out as a sore, and then after four to six weeks, you get like the chicken pox all over your body. They had pictures of that online too, which was just horrible. Literally, like I got this like weird taste in my mouth when I was reading it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it, tasting. It was, oh, that was bad. So you get this like chicken pox thing, and then it like goes inside your body and starts taking over your organs yeah. and gives you dementia and um yeah. which is what happened to, which is what happened yeah now. he was going crazy and and you um and it basically just gives you a short short life and they think that it, the, that it was created it was picked up by christopher columbus and it was like party wow when they were sailing the seas that they got it in columbia or something like that and then um, brought it to the americans so that's that's how they think the original he was so, he was the first so yeah so the you get a sore and then four to six weeks it becomes chicken box yeah. all over your body 
and they have like weird pictures that you can look up online <laughs> of like people with like little sores on their legs. Yeah. And um, and then it eventually goes internal, takes over your organs, yeah. causes your organs to fail, and um, causes your brain to go yeah. uh, crazy. Yeah. And that's uh, and that's kind of how it ends for you. So that yeah. it's yeah, it's it's pretty horrible. But nowadays, I think they treat it pretty easily. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you can get it treated pretty quickly. But back then, it was not yeah. not the case. Just, yeah. No. Like you said, he was going crazy. I guess he would walk around and talk to himself or talk to imaginary people, but he would be saying, you know, secrets of the outfit. Like he would be talking to people he had killed, explaining why he had them killed. Yeah, he was just yeah. And then the other weird. Okay, so like you have chickenpox. He must have known. I just don't. I don't know if he got bad treatment or because I read his his wife got it. So, what she, I, she turned out fine. But. So what I think happened is he probably got it. Yeah. Then he goes to prison. Mm. He gets it because of his lewd behavior. Gives. It to oh, him. we all know why he got it. He goes to goes to prison. It, they're not treating him for anything. Yeah. No, he definitely. So he yeah. goes it, like the the organ related failure. That's like years. You have to have it for years. And yeah. It's, and it's like 10 weeks that, that it takes for you to have chickenpox all over your body. Yeah. And years for your organs to fail. So I think like it's just like a like a completely ignoring the symptoms. Yeah. Uh, for years, which I mean, could have been uh, because he was in Alcatraz. So yeah. No, I, they probably don't I, care. I think you're right. I think it was just the bad treatment in prison. So I've listened to people who. <laughs> Uh, I have a list of other people who had or are suspected to have had yeah. syphilis. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> see, now it's like, <laughs> like it could be, <laughs> see, these are all older characters because uh -huh. they have like cases of syphilis. Ah, right. Now like Charlie Sheen yeah. gets syphilis. He gets treated in a week. Yeah. And enough, like enough. you don't know that he had syphilis. But these people, these are like some serious cases of syphilis. So Al Capone's like, Anywhere you look up syphilis and like famous person, he's the first guy. Because not many people have died yeah. of syphilis. Yeah. Like it took and honestly, in like modern history, he's like probably the biggest case. Like he really shouldn't have died from syphilis. Like it was pretty yeah. it, it had to have been timed yeah. with the Alcatraz. So yeah, there's a Friedrich Nietzsche, mm. the um, philosopher. Okay, yeah, yeah. Any comments on him? Um, the name sounds familiar. <laughs> you probably had one of those comments, like I think, therefore I am, or something. Honestly, I could have, I could have done more research into who that was. But the name sounded familiar, so I put him on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so he was suspected to have died from a combination of syphilis and mercury poisoning, which kind of was uh, in with the okay, fact that they used yeah. to use it for treatment. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh was yeah. treated for syphilis. That we confirm. Oscar Wilde. <laughs> Died of syphilis mm -hmm. and also was doing mercury treatments, turned his teeth black. So yeah. he would like cover his mouth when he talked. Yeah. He had black teeth from the syphilis. Fucked. Other people who were suspected of having syphilis. And when I when I looked at it, it was kind of like a, it felt like they just kind of took crazy people from history and then said it was oh. because they had syphilis. <laughs> so Christopher Columbus, who was yeah, the character so to speak. Yeah. Ivan the Terrible, Vladimir Lenin, Leo Tolstoy, the, the writer, which mm -hmm. was kind of a throw-in, 
Napoleon Bonaparte. Jeez. And, of course, Adolf Hitler. Dude, I didn't know that. Suspected of having syphilis. Yeah. But, honestly, like, that, it strikes me as, like, somebody on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I must have syphilis. I don't know how much I feel feel about it. But it was, there, there were less significant cases of people dying from syphilis than I expected from, like, yeah. famous people. It means, I honestly think that, yeah, come on, the fact that syphilis like, took such a horrible toll on him. Huge toll. It was, was very yeah. uh, unlikely. Huge toll. And then, after he got released from prison, I mean, he never recovered from it. He was always, he could, he could, you know, he had this, like, very poor intelligence level now. He couldn't really function by himself. He could never be... He never went back to, like, working for the outfit. He thought he did, but he... Yeah. <laughs> they said that he had the mental capacity of, like, a 13-year-old at yeah. best. Yeah. He was doing the best after yeah. prison. Yeah. When he was... His happiest was yeah. that he was, he was, like, a 12 or 13-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. And then, eventually... I don't know, he had a stroke, uh, probably caused him all the syphilis issues, and eventually died of a heart attack. Pretty young age, you know, I think he was in his 40s. Yeah, I mean, all this happened so young. Like, he was the crime boss of 25, you know, Mm -hmm. had his reign, went to jail for 11 years, comes back, lives for, like, another seven, and dies at, like, 40-something. Yeah, like, he goes to jail. (laughs) It's all, like, he goes to jail at, like, 25. Yeah. Gets out when he's 36 and then dies at like 42. <laughs> he had such a life. Yeah, dude. He... Yeah, wild. Yeah, not the happiest ending for him. Taken down by syphilis and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, but lived on it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Some segments to close it out. All right. I got some, I got some yes or no questions for you. Yes or no questions. And, 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 and give a little explanation. Um, no, I refuse to give explanations. <laughs> I'll just give a yes or no. Uh, was he a good person? Was he like good for society? Like on the Robin Hood scale, was he beneficial for society? No, <laughs> categorically. Yeah, he was. Great. He was a criminal. I agree. I agree. Like, I, like a hard criminal. Yeah, I think the Robin Hood. It was. I don't know. I mean, it was probably. Yeah. It, it was probably created by him in a lot of ways. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, there's no denying that when he went to sporting events, he was cheered and whatnot. But yeah. Yeah, like when you look back, there's no way that you had a positive impact on society. No, I agree. Like, I don't think he's a monster. Like, I don't think he's like a Hitler type of monster. Yeah, yeah. he's close. <laughs> <laughs> and he de- he did good things. Like, he did all the soup kitchens, like a ton of charity, like handed out money. And I feel like he probably was nice to people close to him. But it's the classic. It's the classic case of like you yeah. steal somebody's lunch money. Yeah. And then you buy them with 10 cents of their lunch money. Yeah. You buy them soda, they give them soda. <laughs> and then you're like, aren't you so happy yeah. that, that I'm here you better for you say to yes. give to you? And then, yeah. So it's, yeah. A lot, it's a little bit of like a bread and circus yeah. kind of thing with him. Yeah. Like I wish, I wish he just made his money off like booze and gambling and like, you know, it wasn't through intimidation. You know, he just had the best beer. He got a lot deeper than that. Yeah, but and that was and that was some of the other gangs that they they were like they had yeah. breweries. Yeah. Okay. You know, what? maybe I want to be part of one of those gangs. So it's just like we make good beer. It's not allowed. Yeah. That's that's the side I want. Um. So yeah. No, I I agree. Overall, bad for society. What about like 
would you be friends with him? Would you fraternize with him? I think it would be like up to him, right? Like yeah, he would yeah. fraternize with me. And would you want to? Like he invites you to a party at his place. Are you trying to go? Or are you like, you know, oh, I can't that night. I think so. My gut says you have to say no because you can't really? like, put your foot in the door. Oh, that's interesting. Because if you put your foot in the door, you yeah. never know when it's gonna end. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. I think that would depend if you're someone who you know he wants something from you. Like, With that like, said, he would have like week long parties. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I think what I would do is I would go to the party but I would try to like avoid him all the time yeah never get too close try to like take in the party <laughs> and then we can go to like one yeah and not go again yeah I definitely yeah I think but I would wait for other people to do that <laughs> yeah yeah. see what happens with yeah because I want to be like I want to stay at arm's length but I also don't want yeah to... no that's a good point it, it is very much like you don't want to like not going Oof, then, yeah like, slippery slope yeah like, so you know like Another question, yeah. No, I agree. If, yeah, it's slowly slow for sure. Um, was he a sex symbol? <laughs> uh, wow, you caught me off guard with that one. Um, <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say so. I would say he's like a power symbol, but not a sex symbol yeah. because of the scar and like mm. he was insecure about it. So. Yeah, he, he didn't have the confidence. Right. He didn't have, like, he was yeah. lacking the confidence. Yeah. So I was yeah. not going to say no. Yeah. He was I, like, I don't know, he didn't have like that yeah. Elvis vibe. No, it, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, sex symbol's probably too strong. He He's not this like heartthrob. But I think because of the fame, the power, the charisma, I think he had he had a little bit of it, of like the womanizer yeah. in him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he definitely, he definitely had that going on. Yeah. And then, uh, Last segment. What is like the most interesting side character or someone else you're like, you know? So I have a couple. I have a couple of people. One I honestly don't even remember how he connects. <laughs> I just I just wrote his name down. So I'll do it in a second. The first is uh, James Vincenzo Capone. Yeah, no idea. You don't know who that is. You tell me. It's Al's older brother. Oh, dude, he had a lot of brothers. I think they had nine siblings. Yeah, the there were a lot of. A so, lot of so which one was James? James was the older brother, and this oh, is was he the one out west? Or yes. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so they get into a street fight in New York, gang fight. The Capones, some other group, they're fighting. Um, James Vincenzo Capone. Mm-hmm. throws somebody through a window and hurts them and then um, the Capones are all at risk of retaliation so there's like they kind of scatter and he specifically had was the big player in it like through the person through the window so he fled New York yeah and he ended up going uh, he ended up joining a circus <laughs> like it only gets crazy yeah. so he joins the circus and his idol was um, 
somebody from Western films in the 1920s, William S. Hart. So he yeah, uh, yeah. took the name William S. Hart yeah. and, and he's in the circus and tried to act like him. So the, guy, the guy's name in the, in the show was Tugun, that was his nickname. Mm -hmm. So he <laughs> takes on Tugun as his nickname. Yeah, his yeah. name. He takes his name as William S. Hart. <laughs> Pretends he's never been a Capone. This yeah. is like right off of he's yeah. in a street fight and he throws somebody through a window. Yeah. Um, ditches his accent. Goes fights in World War One in France. Oh, I didn't know that part. And then comes back, changes his name to Richard James Hart legally. Yeah. So he's no longer Jeez. now he's Richard James Hart. Uh, gets married. And becomes a prohibitionary agent. Yeah, he was like a sheriff or something fighting against prohibition. Yeah, he was really talented at like taking down bootleggers. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, wild. In the Nebraska region. So yeah. he's taking down bootleggers and he still maintains the two gun, two gun heart is what he's called. Literally yeah. like the, the Western film star. Yeah. And he, and he was like notorious for being a really good sheriff. Yeah. Bootleggers. And nobody knows that he's Al Capone's brother this yeah. whole time. So he goes to um, South Dakota. He's uh, a special agent for the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And so he's in South Dakota. He ends up meeting like a sitting president. He is like one of the most notorious police figures mm -hmm. of his time. Yeah. And that is kind of his legacy. And, um, he just kind of read about yeah. brothers in the newspaper. Yeah, that's wild. That must have been such a trip for him to like, like you have no connection in that time. And then one day you're reading a paper and it's like most wanted, your brother. Yeah, your brother. And you're, you live like a completely different life. Yeah. I don't think they ever uh, were contacted. Um, oh, no he, he was like a, you know, a great lawman his entire life and he just kind of lived a completely different life. Yeah. Um, but just goes to show like how successful their family was that that he kind of goes off and does something else and then becomes like this yeah. amazing uh, law enforcement agent. Yeah. So, wow. I thought that was very interesting. He has a movie. Yeah. There's a movie that came out about him. Really? Yeah. It's called The Lost Capone. Damn. Good for him. So he did make it to the big screen. I feel like this is too late to ask this, but it's Capone, <laughs> right? Not Capone. <laughs> <laughs> Right? It's like, is it too late to ask that? I think I think it's Capone. Um, I I think it, uh, and this would make sense with a lot of Italian names. I think it used to be Capone, and then like you know Ellis Island or whatever they Americanized it. Nice. Okay. Uh, I think that'll that'll do it. Yeah, I I think uh, I think that just about wraps it up. We talked we talked about most of the things that I learned about. Yeah. Big Al. Yeah. Yeah. Al Capone. Complicated figure. Iconic. Sure. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. Take care, everyone.